Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Conrad alongside the boss, Jesse Marsh, and our resident number nine, Charlie Davies. And just to get this out of the way early, we're expecting big things from all of you listening and watching in 2024, so no pressure. Also, we have a fun show for you today. We're talking Josh Sargent and Haji Wright, who are back amongst the goals. Nice to see Josh being healthy as well. We await the first U.S. men's national team roster of 2024. And where do American players rank among the world's best? You might be surprised, or maybe you're not. Anyway, we know that this sport is known by many names around the world. Football, calcio, soccer, football. So as we do to start off every show, we're going to play a little game. And we call it, call it what you want, word of the day. So Jesse and Charlie, which language calls the beautiful game? Sepak bola. Charlie, I'm coming to you. Sepak bola. Ooh. Um, th- I'm getting strong Indonesian vibes. Okay. Charlie, I feel like he is researching. Is he, does he have the answers? I feel like he's nailed it again. I, 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 I'll say this. The first clue this. I'll go Malaysia. Malaysia. I'll go Malaysia. Okay, Malaysia. Right. Right. okay. We're, right. we're right. talking that part of the world. That's where I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah, exactly. Okay. 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 So, so first clue, this country uh, will compete against Japan, Vietnam, and Iraq in the AFC Asian Cup group stage that's happening later this month in Group D. All right. I don't know if that helps. If you want to change oh, Thailand or Thailand? Second clue, last year's U20 World Cup was held in Argentina after this country was stripped of the hosting rights. <laughs> Me and Mark. <laughs> no, no. It, it was, uh, it was, oh my God. It's not Indonesia. It is, um, <sighs> at least I knew I got the part, right part of the world. Cambodia. No. Oh God! It's on the tip of my tongue. It was supposed to be in. <laughs> oh, hold on! It... 
Uh, listen, listen, Charlie, you were right. I actually tried to get you off of your oh, answer Indonesia. of Indonesia. Okay. Congratulations to Charlie Davis. <laughs> you clearly yeah, I told cheating. you, this he's is not he's fair. Cheating. This is not fair. Charlie's cheating. But, uh, I, swear, I swear on everything, I, that I just, I have an ear. I have a, a, a good understanding <laughs> of dialect. Yeah. Or, or he, he wow. saw the, he's on the email that I got as well. to get I all promise you not. Yeah. All right, well, Paramount yeah. Plus is your exclusive Amazing. home for the 2024 AFC Asian Cup. It runs from January 12th to February 10th. Make sure you go check that out. Indonesia kicks off their campaign against Iraq on January 15th at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. So shout out to Paramount Plus for giving us some visuals of that particular tournament. I'm excited to see how that one all plays out. Now, Jesse, you kind of look like you're in Indonesia. I don't even know where you are right now. Where, 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 what's happening? He's in Macau. <laughs> viva, viva Mexico. Okay. okay. I'm down. I'm down in El Cerritos Beach, uh, Mexico. I'm at. I'm at actually uh, a friend of mine is the owner of a, a taco shop down here, a, a sweet restaurant called uh, Barracudas. Is his name so if you all, <laughs> <laughs> if you guys ever make it down here, you got to stop by Barracudas. The tacos are insane, and he makes a mean, mean mezcalita. All right. Well, I wish yeah. we had one of those before yeah. the show. I think we'd have a real yeah. spicy show, as it were. <laughs> Well, speaking of the show, let's get into some transfer news because the transfer window is now open. And apparently Tom Bogert from The Athletic is reporting that Miles Robinson, 26-year-old center back from Atlanta United who has 27 caps to the U.S. Men's National Team and made 150 appearances for Atlanta United, is now making a move to FC Cincinnati. He's staying in MLS. So, Jesse, I'm coming to you. Are you a bit surprised that Miles is staying domestic? Yes, very surprised. I mean, I'd read that he, with his free agency, had been talking to a few different MLS clubs. But I thought with his talent and, and ability that that now a move to Europe was perfect for him. Um, so you never know what the options are. Obviously, every player has to evaluate um, you know, what, what the situation is, what the finances are, um, what the opportunities are. But I think a player like him has to be in Europe, has to be testing himself, has to be pushing to be the best that he can be. And even if it's a, a league like the Championship or or Holland or some of these that aren't the premier leagues, the best way to, to create a stepping stone to get there is to now have a little bit on your resume that you have a year. You have a year and a half where you're playing – in Europe where you're playing for clubs that are competing for Champions League. Maybe you're getting in the Champions League and then you can showcase what your talent is. So, um, oh, you know, we've talked a lot on this show. We've talked a lot about some players that are that are testing themselves and, and putting themselves in over their head. Pepe is a good example and being rewarded for it. So I find it a bit of a shame. But but again, each player situation is a little bit different. You just, Charlie, trigger, you just trigger Jimmy. That's all I'm, I'm saying. I, I, well, not necessarily triggered. I, I, I want to bring up George Mihailovic because who he's made 11 appearances for the U.S. men's national team, five of them coming during the 2023 Gold Cup. He's leaving yeah. Azad Alkmaar in Holland, one of the leagues that Jesse just stated as a, as a good stepping stone into potentially something bigger. He played 36 total times or 26 games, 36 games, excuse me. He's made 10 starts, uh, scored two goals, and now it looks like he is leaving them in this January transfer window and coming back to MLS. Now, he played for the Chicago Fire, and the Montreal Impact, he's 25 years old. And he went and did what everybody, I would say, wants our younger players to do. Go test yourself in Europe or, or you know, 25, 26, where Miles Robinson is as well. Go see what you can do. Take that step. But he's coming back. So, Charlie, I'm going to come to you on this. Do you feel like the perception is that 
were looking down upon Georgi Mihalovic because he tried and he fa- a quote unquote failed and it didn't work out for him. There's plenty of reasons why it potentially didn't work out for him. Coaching changes, not playing in his best position, so on and so forth. But but instead of pushing himself to go find another club in Europe, he's coming back to MLS. And, and I already know what the response is going to be from most fans, especially U.S. men's national team fans. Where are you on this? Failing, saying that you you ventured out to Europe to try uh, to take your game to the next level, finding the right club, playing in Champions League, playing in European competition – and coming back to MLS, that's not failing. It, it didn't work out. And he would tell you himself, I'm sure, that things didn't go according to how he planned or, ha- or how he had hoped. But Alkmaar um, is a big club in, in, in the Dutch league. And if you're not playing at Alkmaar, given that PSV, um, Feyenoord are, are t- the, the two top teams, it's tough to go to another place that you would feel would be an equivalent to Alkmaar um, if you didn't succeed in the way that you had hoped versus going to back home where you're most likely going to be guaranteed playing time. You're going to have a, a, a larger contract than you did in, in Holland. And I, I understand where he's coming from because I've been there. And, and I know a number of players who've been there. If, if you kind of feel, feel like I'm not, this isn't going the way I had hoped. And I think I could go back, get a long playing time, find that joy again in playing. And and then what? And, and then, then and then what? Make a move at 29, 30? I mean, as, no, no, no. It, there, there's probably not another new move. That's back what to I Europe. mean. He's, he's right. This, you're, this you're, an interesting decision because then now he's basically locked into MLS. Yes, for he the rest is. of his career, most uh, likely. Most likely. I tried, I tried to make a move at 29 thing, though, and 30 Jimmy. after my World Cup appearances. And, and I it was hard for me because teams were like, we're not going to take a 29, 30 year old guy when we can just find, we yeah, have one not, in the academy gonna, who's 18 or 19. In, you're not going to invest in the unknown at someone who's 29 and 30. That's just not going to happen. But what I can tell you is, Georgie Mihailovic was on the verge of being in the M- uh, MVP race in MLS before his ankle injury with Montreal. So if he can win an MVP and, and play at that level, then he'll get a national team call up. And then it's on him to right. perform at that same level at the, at the international stage. So uh, I, it's not a failure at all. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I don't think anyone would look at George Mahalovic because he still played. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't, he didn't excel in the way that sure. you want to, but he still played. Uh, Jesse, I, I want to give you some context because I've talked about this before on the previous iteration of the show. And the context is this, when I got to play in the world cup in 2006, I held my own against some of the best players in the world. And, and, what I learned throughout that process is that you're either ready when that whistle blows or you're not. It, it didn't really matter where you played prior to the whistle blowing for a World Cup game or where you're going to play afterwards. It's like, are you ready at that moment? And in that tournament, me and Clint Dempsey came back because it's two of the highest rated players for the, for the U.S. Now, and we only had MLS experience. So, so, so I'm a little bit torn because I'm probably not the right person to talk about MLS versus Europe. I, of course, would have loved to have gone over there and I, I had something fall through with Hanover and Steve Chirundle who was pushing really hard for me behind the scenes to get over to the Bundesliga which I thought would have been a great league for me and to maybe see out my last four or five years and maybe come back afterwards but but uh, I ultimately applied my trade in, in MLS and, and I thought that I made the most of it but from a coaching perspective and putting your coaching hat on which I don't think you ever take off at this point because I think you're way past being a player 
what, what, how do you evaluate Mihalovic and, and Miles Robinson? If, if you're, do you see it as they're not ready for the adversity? Do you see it as them being soft? I, I'm just throwing these out there as kind of perceptions. Not to say it's real, but, you know, but don't forget finances. Finances come into it, of course, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you t- let's take the finances and put it as the last category, right? Because I think it should be. It should be more about how do you maximize your your potential in your career. I think that Jordy Mihailovic and Miles Robinson are different because I think Miles Robinson's potential is actually higher than Jordy's, and it's not that I, I Jordy's a good player, right? And he has big potential. He's still young. I love that he went over there, and I thought the move to to Azed was a great move. So I, I, I'm a little bit surprised that it's ended abruptly at this point. I, I would have thought that that the club would have taken more time to invest in him, especially with his age and his profile. Is it a failure? No, I absolutely don't think it's a failure. I think that he went there. He he tried his best to to apply himself. He had opportunities to play. I saw one match that he played, and I he didn't stick out either way. I thought he fit in the game fine, but he didn't make an imprint. And and obviously, when you're an attacking player, those are the th- you need to find ways to score goals, to get assists, to have impacts on games, which makes it a little bit more difficult in some ways to establish yourself at clubs in Europe than maybe if you're a defender mm-hmm. or, or or a defensive midfielder or or, or position like this. Coming back. If that I would I if I were part of his team, I would encourage him to stay in Europe and see to if he could find something else. And maybe it's a league like Austria. Maybe it's a league like Denmark. Maybe it's you know, maybe it's a second Bundesliga. Maybe it's a championship. Maybe it's something like this where where he still tries to establish himself, continues to be outside of his comfort zone and see if he can grow within the European system and then find other opportunities to go to bigger clubs down the road. Um, Do you say that thinking that MLS will always MLS will always be there? Right. Yes, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And and it's not bad. I, I mean, we know MLS is growing and we know it's a competitive league and we know that players are still developing here. But if you've got your foot in the door in Europe, stay Keep going, man. Don't give up. Like this happens in life. Like you have steps backwards. Not at, the development paths aren't always just taking off in an easy way. You have to fight for everything. So, and and by the way, you establish character. You establish grit. You establish ability to understand what it takes to be successful. And this is not just football. This is life, right? So, okay, coming back, I would I I would encourage him to try to stay. But who knows what his opportunities are. Yes, you're right. Then you have to if at if at the end everything seems even or you're not so sure and the finances come in and it makes sense to come back to MLS and you feel like you're going to be the focal point of something, then maybe you should consider that. But but again, I I'm not a European snob about football, but if you want to really challenge yourself, right? The, the fact is you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to go to places where you're in over your head. You have to feel like, man, every day, this is so hard. And I have to, I have to fight for everything. And when you, when you succeed, the feeling is incredible, right? So yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, again, this is for me with miles as well. Like why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. Can always come back to Cincinnati in a year, just like Jordy is right now. Go for it, man. I think, I think- like shoot, Shoot for the stars and see what see what happens. I want Jesse to be my life coach. That's what yeah. I want. <laughs> Jesse, I think I think it just comes down to timing, right? Everything works out in 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 our world and on on this schedule. And when is the right time to make the move versus when a team is not looking for that certain position? And I think in Miles Robinson's case, it's it's a little difficult to make a move, a big move as a free agent 
to a, a, a European club that makes sense for him, given where he's trying to go at this stage in his career. Because he's not the youngest player, yeah. right? So you you need to be going to a, a, a top league um, or a team that is a top of the top of the table in a smaller league where you're, they're still playing in European competition to continue to push. So I agree with you. I, I would love to see Miles in Europe. But if you're also thinking on the flip side, man, I get a large contract, guaranteed money, and – you know, given the center back depth pool, I think I still will be in a position to play that no one's really going to push me out if I'm if I'm playing consistently with Cincinnati and we're winning, which they still have an incredible team in MLS. I think he's in a good position. And Jimmy, to go back to your original point of you and Clint playing in the, the 2006 World Cup, mm-hmm. I you know you could you could argue, hey, the Saudi Arabian team, most of them played domestically and they beat Argentina, who were the eventual World Cup champions. And right. there, there was a, a good amount of players who had solid World Cups throughout the whole group stage for Saudi Arabia. But does that mean they should only play in Saudi Arabia if they want to maximize their potential? It's like, no. Same with Kylian Mbappe on the opposite end of the spectrum. Guy scores a hat trick in a World Cup final. But are people thinking he should stay at PSG for the rest of his career? No. You gotta leave France. Finances. Go, go, go to La Liga. <laughs> go go to the English Premier League and and play tough competition week in and week out. And that's how you continue to fulfill your your potential by getting pushed every single week. And I think it, it it's similar to Americans who are playing in Major League Soccer who are super talented. It's go out where nothing is guaranteed. Every week you have to earn your spot. It 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 just gives you that a little bit of texture that you're missing if you just stay in MLS and you know you're going to play every week when you know you don't have to you know look over your shoulder you know you're not getting pressure from a coach or from the crowd because of relegation or Europe Euro, European places there's just an added added fuel to your development when you're playing with those type of stakes on the line and i think it, Christian Pulisic is a great example Dortmund goes to Chelsea. Expectations are here. Not playing. Feels like he should. I think we all think watching him play that he should be getting more minutes given what he's he's done on the pitch. Not happening. Goes to Milan. A new challenge. Could have easily come back to MLS. Could have easily taken the a, a crazy uh, salary over five, six years guaranteed. But wants to keep pushing. Because I think in his mind, he wants to be world class. And the mm-hmm. only way that's going to happen is if he goes to these clubs and plays and proves it every single day. I, and, I, re- and, and I, I like, really hope I that like Kylian that. Mbappe. No, I appreciate that. I really hope that Kylian Mbappe blows everyone's mind by saying he's going to come to MLS to challenge himself. That would be awesome. All right, couple, two more bits of news. Uh, Jane Sancho, who has been an outcast for Eric Ten Hag at Manchester United, looks like he might be going to Borussia Dortmund, back to Borussia Dortmund. On loan. He's only 23 years old. He played 137 games for the black and yellow. And uh, he had 50 goals and 64 assists. It's pretty good over, over, over that time. And uh, we wonder now, from our perspective, how that impacts Gio Reyna. But it looks like if Sancho comes in, Danielle Mullen might be on the move. So maybe it doesn't impact Reyna at all. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I know that Sancho and Reyna had a good relationship. One other thing. And, and Jesse blinked twice. But we know that Wayne Rudy got fired for Birmingham, and so we're wondering if Tom Brady's going to give you a call here soon. Just blink twice if that's a yes or a no. <laughs> he can't con- There's no blinking. No blinking. He can't confirm or deny anything at this moment. All right, we're going to take our first break of Call It What You Want. 
When we come back, we're talking Americans abroad from the weekend after this. Don't go anywhere. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Call It What You Want. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Davis and Jesse Marsh, and we're doing a little Americans Abroad. What do the guys get up to from our player pool this past week slash weekend? Now, we want to say that we're recording this before Celta de Vigo plays Real Betis, which could be a potential Luca de la Torre versus Johnny Cardoso showdown. Hopefully they both get to play. That would be pretty sweet. But getting into the results, uh, Milan in the round of 16 in the Coppa Italia beat Cagliari uh, 4-1. Pulisic came off the bench and had an assist to Rafael Leao, even though he kind of just played it out wide to Leao, and Leao did the rest. But whatever, an assist, an assist, an assist. Pulisic, 100% assist, assist. Pulisic, uh, three goals and three assists in his last seven games. Long may that continue. I was actually really interested to see how Samuel Chukwesi played because he got the opportunity to start in this cup game over Pulisic, and I think Pulisic's fine. I'm a big Chukwesi fan, but he didn't make most of that opportunity. Uh, not in force with a big 2-1 win over Manchester United. Matt Turner goes from zero to hero and kind of back to zero. Uh, another bad mistake from him led to a goal. The transfer window is open, so we'll see. And then back to hero, no? Then back to hero, yeah. From zero to hero, and then hero. Yeah, I don't know. He's had he, he's got to figure out his feet, or just you know what? Don't play the ball back to him anymore. That's that's my tip for the Nottingham Forest defenders. Uh, Juve beat Roma one zero. Starts for Wea and McKinney right next to each other. That was pretty sweet. Middlesbrough uh, losing three one at home and to Coventry. And Coventry Haji's right scores in back to back games. He also scored in the two two draw versus Swansea and then Norwich. 1-1 versus Southampton. Josh Sargent is back and healthy, and he scores the game-tying goal in that one. So, boys, I'm going to get to you guys. Jesse, I'm coming to you first. Which uh, player abroad really stood out for you this past week? Well, you know, I always feel like we're covering sort of the higher end of the players, and, and it's good to, I think, include some of the other players that are establishing themselves at different places. So Haji Wright, right, at, at Coventry, has, has actually had a good season, and he scored a goal that is actually one of these goals that's going in, and then he kind of stole it. <laughs> so it's Jesse. maybe not the it's not the best goal to talk about, but the fact that he scored six goals in twelve games, I think it's it's time to to talk a little bit about some of his performances. And you know, one of the Haji's one of these players, a little bit like Tim Weah, that can play in different spots. And even if I go back, I first saw him when we met Tyler Adams uh, when he was with the U-17s down in Bradenton. Tyler was 15 at the time, and Haji was the striker. So Haji, for me, is still in his best spot, probably a striker, but he has flexibility to his game. And I thought back then that that he had big potential to be a, a big player in the U.S. system, and he's kind of sort of wavered through Europe and been at different clubs and done okay, and but not really established himself anywhere. Maybe looking back, it might have been better for him to go to MLS for a couple of years to kind of try to really establish himself and get himself moving forward and then seek out a, a transfer to, to a European club. Nonetheless, um, he's still young. Um, 
And they've been playing him mostly on the left. And when he, he likes to come in on his right foot and he scored goals by putting it in the opposite corner. Sometimes he scored goals from picking up rebounds and being clever in the box. But he's big. He's strong. He's fast. He's clever. He's good with the ball. He has all the tools to be a great player. And, and hopefully he can continue on this path in Coventry and then and then maybe find a way to, to either help Coventry push themselves in the championship uh, and maybe get into a playoff spot or then catch the eye of some other clubs that are a little bit bigger in England and maybe have a chance to play in the Premier. Yeah, that would be exciting. Right? Long may that continue, this, this run that he's on, three goals and three assists in his last six games. Charlie, who stood out for you? You know, we always talk about, like Jesse said, the top guys of the echelon, of the upper echelon, but one guy that has kind of gone a silent a little bit is Tim Weah. So, you know, due to injury, but he's, he's 1000% upper echelon, but okay. Keep yeah, going with but he's story. been, he's been, he's <laughs> been, he's been not, not a non-talk. Charlie's point. going out on a limb. He's going out. I, on a limb. I really am. Cause he's been a non-talking point for a while. I mean, he, he's been injured since October 29th, like the end of October or something like that. So um, he had a hamstring injury. He was back. He's played uh, past couple of weeks, but last match against Roma, he played 90 minutes. Um, and we know how important he is to the success of the U.S. men's national team, just because he has that pace that that uh, that kind of like burst that not many players have on, in our pool. So, in terms of stretching back lines, and we know he's playing as a right wing back, and he played right back and left back for Leo before moving to Juve. So, he he's kind of got this all around uh, quality in terms of. He can play any either wing, either side, whatever's asked of him. You know, you you can depend. He's consistent, um, and so I love the fact that he's back on the pitch. He's healthy. Played a full ninety against a tough Roma side. They got the win one nil. But um, he's he's going to be very important to the success of the U.S. men's national team moving forward. Yeah, producer Ivis coming up with a great stat. He was seven for seven in his passing in the final third versus Roma. So shout out to Team Awea. And making good soccer decisions under pressure. Yes. All right. So for me, I'm going to go with Josh Sargent. Guy hasn't played. And I don't know. We're talking team away. not playing since October. Sargent hasn't played since August. Well, he, this is a second now second game back and he gets this goal against Southampton. And, and what I really love about Sargent is his ability to change his speed in tight spaces. To, and I think he's done much better job of that as he's continued to evolve as a player, but his little change of speed is burst. Uh, it, it takes a shot. And it goes between the defender's legs and trickles into the back post. It felt purposeful, not lucky. And what's interesting is that Norwich, his club, they were doing really well to start the season. Then he gets hurt, and now they're mid-table in the championship. He comes back, and he's already having an immediate impact. And, and I really like Sargent's game in a lot of different ways. I think he's a tireless worker. He'll, he'll run the channels. He'll do the dirty work, the thankless work up top. He's getting much better at holding the ball up. And I think that uh, when you bring him into the conversation about – our striker player pool with Balogun and with Ricardo Pepe. Pepe, it becomes pretty interesting. And I think what's what's, what's fun. What's is interesting that, about it, Jimmy? Well, it, well, I appreciate you setting me up that way, Charlie. I, I would say that they all bring a little bit something different. And and if you're Greg, though they do share some similarities and and where they want to get the ball and how they want to bring other players into the game. There's something about Sargent that I think he has maybe a little bit more versatility. Not that Balogun and Pepe can't play in the wing, but I think Sargent could go out there and thrive potentially. And, and if we do have some injuries or if, if players aren't performing at a high level, I think Sargent should be considered uh, in a potential winger set. Or if we're going to start to slot into a two-striker system, as we saw with Balogun and Pepe, uh, as a possibility. And I like 
what that could potentially look like moving forward. I think Sargent could be a nice add into that equation too. I'm just glad he's back because when he's healthy, he's a he's he's very good. And even when he played in the World Cup in Qatar, we were a different team when he was on the field as opposed to when he wasn't. And and we just need this guy to stay healthy because I think he gives us different options within the team. So Jesse, any thoughts on on Sargent in particular? Yeah, I like him. I think he you're right. He is a hard worker. He's uh, he's got a lot of tools to his game. He's got some pace. He's clever. He's good in combination. He can hold balls. He's good in the box. He's got a lot of ways he can finish. Um, He's you know, he's but he's one of these strikers that maybe the thing that prevents him from always performing at the highest level is he doesn't have one massive strength. You know, like most strikers need to be really fast, really strong, good in the air, clever 1v1. You need some kind of quality. And what Sargent winds up doing is he's a good all-around striker, and then he can be clever in the box. And and that can be enough. That can be enough to be an effective striker at a high level. But he's got to maximize then his ability to sniff out plays and score score easy goals, which which again we all know go in Zagi. You can go down the list of of strikers that 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 this was the way that they played and so yeah I mean I, I've always liked uh, Josh and I, and I think um, that he would fit in the ways that I like to play the game but you know just just keeping him healthy keeping him scoring goals right making sure that that he's maximizing his chances around the goal those those will be keys for well, now him. he's got four goals and an assist in 310 minutes in the championship if you do the math at home that is a goal or an assist every 60 minutes that's a pretty good rate of return for Mr. Josh Sargent So we'll see how he continues to perform for Norwich as they try to work their way back up into the table and potentially into a playoff spot so they can get back into the Premier League as well. All right, some notable weekend fixtures coming up for everybody. We got Fulham versus Rotherham in the FA Cup. That's happening on Friday at 3.30 p.m. On Saturday, Coventry and Haji Wright taking on Oxford in the FA Cup. Sunday, we got Empoli versus AC Milan at 6.30 a.m. For all you early birds, that's on P+. Then we got Nottingham Forest versus Blackpool. Will... Matt Turner start in this FA Cup match? Or will he be rested? Or what the future of Matt Turner? I'm very curious about how Nuno Espirito Santo handles his situation moving forward. Then Sauer Natana versus Juve on the Golasso Network on 12 p.m. on Sunday as well. All right, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the January camp that some people call Camp Cupcake, which I clearly have an issue with. But we don't need to talk about it right now because we got this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Call What You Want. I'm Jimmy alongside Jesse and Charlie, and we're going to talk a little January camp because there are some haters out there that don't like this camp. Like, oh, it's just for MLS guys. It's just for guys that aren't playing much in Europe. And I actually think it's a really vital camp because you get an opportunity to see the deeper part of our player pool and who can emerge from the pack to potentially push into the, the, the first team. And I was one of those players. So I saw a lot of value in it. Jesse, I know you were part of a couple of January camps, as were you, Charlie. And you feel the same way, Jesse, yes? 
Well, you call it Camp Cupcake for me. The, that was, that's what the haters call it. I love Camp Cupcake. Well, I'm just saying that's the only camp I was like ever invited <laughs> to. So for me, this was the World Cup final every every session. Um, but then, you know, I was there as an assistant, too. And I think there's almost two categories of, of players that are in that camp. And when you're the coach, you need category one, which is the players that have been part of the first team and that you need them to help establish what the environment's like, what the training is like, what the football is, what the level is, so that they're translating that in a big way. And it's a chance to apply leadership skills to some of these players and give them bigger roles in the process of what you're trying to do with the national team. And then obviously, you, you could argue more important or just as important is the young players who maybe it's their first chance to be in with the national team and the guys that you want to take a real good look at probably give a start in the camp and see if they, at the international level, if their talent can translate. So, yeah, I mean, I I know that it's not always uh, the most exciting for the fans because it doesn't have all the big names attached. um, But, it's really vital in the process of what you're trying to create with the national team. I thank you for saying that, Jesse. I've been trying to say that for so many years, but the haters are going to hate. Charlie, I know you appreciate the January camp as well. I do. I mean, um, the first January camp I was a part of, and whenever you get called in with the U.S. men's national team, it's it's massive. It's not just a game. It's a whole camp. So there's the, the fitness aspect of, yeah, you're getting fit for the next season. So – you kind of get a head start, which I also uh, was very appreciative of. Maybe not at the time when you're actually doing the, the fitness drills, but <laughs> I, I liked I liked coming in knowing that I'm going to be better prepared to hit the ground running start of the the season because in Scandinavia it was very similar to to MLS's schedule. So I always start preseason uh, uh, on on the upper foot. So um, I, you know we played we played Sweden in the, the friendly for the January camp and Sasha Kleshen had a hat trick that kind of set him up because every club. Now you, you had your regular season with Chivas at the time USA to back up to say, Hey, I'm performing at a really high level. I'm consistent throughout the league, but they might say, ah, we don't know what, how to compare Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Well, you do now because I scored a hat trick against Sweden. So that opened up a lot of doors. I know Celtic were very interested in trying to sign him at the time. And then obviously Anderlecht is is a club that ended ended up working out for him. But um, it's, it's a a great opportunity to, to understand exactly what the manager wants. And I think it's more important growing that bond, showing your quality, all your qualities, what you're capable of, because that is for a young player to be in that environment for uh, three weeks or so that that's the value. I am, on this, I'm on the same page. I know exactly where I stand. I know what I need to do to get there. And now I'm motivated and now I just got to go out there and play. So, um, it, it's a, it's a big camp. And for all the listeners out there, this is a camp where you can identify the next, the future in a way. Right. Some, some of the kids who maybe fell through the crack and didn't go to Europe right away that are in MLS, you're going to know a lot more about them after this camp. I agree. You get, and this is rare. This, these camps don't exist for a lot of other national teams around the world. So you have a chance to look at this player pool for three weeks. And, and Or maybe it's a little shorter now. But you're still around the guys in a way that you probably wouldn't be around them in the same way. Yes, to your point, Charlie, you get to see him in MLS. And, okay, I, I like what I'm seeing. But now I'll bring him in and get to know that player a little bit better. And, mm-hmm. and now we're talking about the success side of it. I've been to a, plenty of January camps where guys played themselves out of the whole player pool. They just didn't take their opportunity, and, uh, and they make that decision easy for the coaching staff. 
So that definitely goes both ways. And then for the younger players, to your point too, Charlie and Jesse, they get a chance to see what the level's like. And you also get to see, as you mentioned about leadership, which guys want to take on more responsibility and do want to be held accountable for how the team performs. So yeah, there's a lot of, lot, lot of benefit. Jimmy, what about the guys that came in unfit to Jerry Kemp? You're doing these. Listen, listen. I had Freddie like, and Freddie ado. This woo. was his chance to make the World Cup team. January 2006, everyone. And, and Bruce was giving him one last chance to try to make the team. We did a fitness drill. And he, Freddie Adu, was behind our two assistant coaches. He was, he wouldn't, couldn't even outrun uh, Kurt Anolfo and Glenn Myernick. Shout out to Mooch. I love that guy. Rest in peace. And, and, and Freddie Adu was behind them. And at that point, Bruce just wrote him off. Like he just thought because he got called in, he was going to make the team and that he didn't have to earn it. And, and Bruce made that decision pretty quick that that's yeah. not the attitude that we need. Coaches, but that, I'll give you, I'll give you a story. I'll give you a story. I'll give you a story. There's a story right there. All right, listen. January camp roster to be announced this Friday on January 5th. So be on the lookout for that. And there is one game happening in this camp. The U.S. are going to take on Slovenia on January 20th. So, boys, one player each. Who, who do you want to see included in this and why? Jesse Marsh, who is your player? Miles oh, Robinson. He loves Miles Robinson. I think he's number one fan. I do. I think you got Miles Robinson pajamas. That's what I think you have, Jesse. I do. I would. <laughs> if, you, if you have him, send him over. Size medium. <laughs> Size medium. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think he's a, a, an important player for the future of the national team. And this is the category one that I had just spoken about. You need, you need him now to come in with the idea. If I'm Burhalter, I'm saying you're the captain. You're the captain for this camp, and you need to act like it. And you need to learn how to lead the national team. You need to set the standard for how we train every day, how we work, how we talk, how we think. And you've got to now make sure that you're establishing yourself as one of the most important players moving forward. And and for me, as, as important as some of the young players are, this may be even more important, is making sure that – Every guy that you're taking to a World Cup understands exactly what the responsibility of being the part of the national team is and how to put it to practice at every level of what's happening. And I don't care if you're number one on the list or number 26 once the World Cup comes. You need a group that is so motivated, so clear, so together, so strong that nothing's going to get in the way. And so how do you do that? This is the process over years of creating standards of, of now ex the expectations for what it takes to be really successful, to be winners, to now and then when it's the toughest moments in the biggest games, make sure that every guy is ready to do whatever it takes. And by the way, that's the fun of the freaking national team. <laughs> that's what it should be. You're wearing the freaking colors and the crest and, and you should feel like in every way you'll do whatever it takes to make sure that your country's successful. So that's the way I look at this right now for miles Robinson. And, and I, and, and of course there's some young guys that you guys will touch on that I think are, are going to be important to see what their levels at. But, but for me, miles Robinson now needs to step up and take a major role. Jesse Marsh, motivational speaker, everybody. You can hire him at jessemarsh.com. <laughs> that was an awesome. I'm like pumped up. I want to run through a wall and put on the red, white, and blue again. <laughs> Charlie, uh, how about you? Who's your player to choose for this camp? The player that, that I most want to see uh, in this camp, January camp is uh, Diego Luna because we saw just how good he was at the Under-20 World Cup. He was the best player. Um, and what stood out to me is he's a kind of a different player. He has a different player profile than, than most players in, in the pool in terms of um, I was talking about it with Nigel Rio Coker this morning on Morning Footy. He's kind of in the mold of like a Griezmann, a Dybala. He's not really your prototypical winger bombing down the field. He's not uh, like a, a, a straight up 
inverted winger, although he could play that. So he comes inside. He's he's good in tight spaces. He's he scored four goals in his last five matches in MLS uh, this past season. I just think he has a gift. And so the fact that he can play in tight spaces combined, he's not afraid. He's not shy of taking players one v one, creating his own shot, creating for others, combining. He just has he has something special. And so that's one player I, I'm I really want to see in this group and and see how 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 much he can be pushed and if he's ready for the the international stage uh, with with the with the men. Charlie, you and know, he's going to be a big part of the Olympic team. I think. I've been Diego Luna's number one fan, like Jesse is with yeah. Miles for forever, and you took my pick, and I'm a little bitter about it. You got there first. I love Diego Luna. He's he's cute as a button. He knows how to pull the strings. He can help you in so many different ways. My issue though is with re- with regard to Greg and the system. Will he allow a player that that has to find those pockets of space to to influence the game? Because sometimes we might just bypass that player. We're not. We're maybe. Uh, lack no, of patience, or maybe we're too much in a hurry. There now, Gio, I get Gio, it. I get it. No, he's, he's adapted accordingly. No. I, I understand. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But, but I don't know. I, I'm a big Diego Luna fan, and I hope he gets the opportunity. But I'm going to go with Josh Winder. Now, Josh Winder, everybody left Louisville City in the USL, went over to Benfica, and really hyped 18 year old center back. Guys disappeared. I don't even know. Like he played in the UEFA Youth League a couple times for for Benfica. He played for the U23s a couple times. And he hasn't seen the field or been on any teams. I don't think he's hurt. And I want to know what happened to Josh Winder. So I think this is a perfect time to bring him back into camp. If you can work something out with Benfica, get him. Sometimes we've used national team camps when Christian Pulisic wasn't playing well. And obviously he's a big name. You're always going to bring him in. But to kind of get him going again, get his confidence going, making him be around his friends, which always helps too. So Josh, bring him back in, see where he is mentally and emotionally. Can you get his his form back up and then understand what's happening at Benfica? I'm sure the appropriate people know what's going on, but I'm kind of curious, and this could be a good opportunity to be around a Miles Robinson, to be around some older players that have been through what he's been through and can maybe share some of their experiences to get him back going in the right direction. Cause I don't know what happened to him, but I was really high on his potential and, and we have yet to see it get realized. That said, he's very young and I'm sure he's going to learn a ton from probably getting what that Mike Tyson quote. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. looks like he's getting punched in the face with some adversity and how will he respond to that? It's obviously something we're very curious about, but uh, I like Josh Winder and I, I'd like to see a couple of our young players in this camp mix in with some of our older players and get a result against Slovenia. But I mean, I think he's got to, he's got to earn That's it. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, That's true. You can't just hand him a national team camp because he's not playing at Penfield. Well, no, no, I get that. But isn't that an opportunity where, I don't know. I don't, I don't know all the details, but the January yeah. camp feels like the camp either, where but... you could try of all the camps that we have, Jesse, that, that the January camp feels like the one where you could extend that olive branch and just get an idea yeah. of where this kid is at. And, and. Cause you're and, saying he would be playing if he was in MLS. So, therefore, because he played at the U twenty World Cup, you know he's super talented. He he opted to go test himself at Benfica. It didn't work out, but you know the talents there. You see him part of the project, or you 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 hope that he will fulfill that potential, and you want him part of the project. So you call him in just to see where he is. Because he was called in April, he was called into the U.S. Men's National Team camp. So, you know it's it's not that you haven't seen him before. You know what he's capable of. Yeah. Either you see that. Hey, he has the qualities to be a top center back in this pool, or you're like, 
now he's got to be playing consistently because I haven't seen it. So it's one or the other. Now, Jesse, if you were the national team coach, I mean, don't you maybe potentially set aside one or two slots to see like a Christopher Lund or or these players that were calling in just to see how they would interact with the group or or to be around the, yeah. the player pool? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it is great. Uh to have some younger guys and to see, do they have potential? I mean, I, I remember Charlie, even th- this is when I was a player, but you and I were in a January camp and this was when you were really young. And Lee, I think it was Lee wins first January camp or first camp with the national team. And of course, when you have high potential players, but at the same time you were already playing matches and so was right. Lee. Right. And so it wasn't like they were pulling them from the abyss. Right. Right. It's right. still gotta be that, that you, you, you're seeing players, and watching them at the different clubs and levels that they're playing at. And, and you That's see fair. something that catches your eye and you say, yeah, okay, there's potential there. So, yeah, I mean, I think it, it works. It works on both levels. Obviously there's potential, but you, you also have to earn it. No, no, I agree. I think that uh, performing well helps and playing helps no matter what level you're at, just to showcase what you're talking about. So I'll walk back what I said. That's just the, it's, it's the, account- it's the accountability <laughs> part, right? So it's everyone knows you, you get into a camp by how, how you perform, right? It's not just, uh, you know, a pop popularity contest or, or whatnot that the national team has always been who's in form, who's earned a call up versus, Hey, this guy's not playing at all, but we're just going to keep calling him up. Yeah. That's a dangerous precedent. I guess yep. if you uh, start calling guys in that didn't deserve it. So conversation for another time, we're going to take our next break here and call it what you want. When we come back, we're going to discuss the absence of U.S. Men's National Team players on the Guardian's Top 100 Best Footballers of 2023. You're not going to want to miss this, so do not go anywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So really and truly, you got to put more pressure on these players to say, perform, do what you do. But the biggest thing is stay available. Because every time we talk about U.S. players, oh, they're always injured, they're this, they're that. So if I dare call them soft, I'm a bad guy, right? Yeah. Calling players soft. What's Nigel Rio Coker doing? By the way, great sweater there, Chuck. Looks like you're wearing the same one still. How did you respond to Nigel Rio Coker taking yeah, a shot at two our hours player ago. pool? Because Nigel always likes to take shots at our player pool. Christian Pulisic, yeah, he does. most notably. Uh, basically, I said, yeah. I mean, th- that works for England. It works for France. It works for every country in the world. You got you to gotta be healthy. You got to be on the pitch to 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 make an impact. So, uh, you know, you looked at Gio Reyna for a while and Christian Pulisic, Tyler Adams. These are big players for our, our pool and they were, they were injured um, the past couple of seasons. So you know, Tyler Adams is still dealing with his hamstring. Now you had Gio Reyna who had bro- a broken bone from nation's league, but before that it was a lot of muscular issues and, and Christian, same thing who, who's been in and out in and out um, during his ch- Chelsea spell, at least uh, with injury. So, Christian's back playing. He's he's consistent. He's available. That's all I got to say. Uh, Gio, he's available, but he's not playing. Um, and, you know, for our player pool, it's not that we, we don't have the deepest player pools like some of these other countries. We, we have a pool, 
And these guys are in good positions. We see Weston McKinney, what he's doing at UVA right now is incredible. The fitness, the, the, the amount of ground he covers, but the more tactical discipline that he's uh, exhibiting this year, I think has, has been fantastic because to play it for Allegri, you have to know your defensive principles. If you don't play his way, you're not playing. He's adapted. So that's good to see. Um, Timothy way had dealt with a little bit of an injury, but now he's back. So, now we have our guys back healthy, just waiting on Tyler Adams. I think he's the last one. And, I mean, they're all over in Europe because they chose the hard way. So I don't want to hear the, they're not tough enough. No, that that's gone. <laughs> Look at Jesse. Okay, Jesse, well, again. He, well, Jesse, Jesse could be taking the easy route, too, and, and take a, a number of these MLS jobs that are, are, would be dying to have him. And he's, he's like, he's waiting. you know what? I'm waiting to coach in Europe. I'm in Europe because I want to be the best coach I can possibly be and coach at the highest level and break down these barriers and do it. So that's that's the type of, of stuff I respect. Well, well, from what I understand, I'm going to pretend Jesse isn't here. He's just waiting for Chivas USA to be resurrected so he could just coach <laughs> them. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that Absolutely. would be amazing. Bring sa- everybody back. Sangre. Sangre. Question, Brad Kuzan, bring everybody back. That's what we want. <clears throat> so the big topic here for us on this part of the show is has our golden generation fallen behind because we don't have anyone on the top 100 footballers for 2023 for the guardian should we be worried jesse marsh or or i'm not that worried how how many did we have in 2010 or 2014 top 100 what am i i don't know (laughs) i I would tell you zero is is my thing yeah, I mean, if if I, if we're being honest with ourselves, and we were to make any, we were each to make a top one hundred list, we wouldn't put an American on there right now, you know. So I, I don't, you don't think, think Christian Pulisic right there though. I mean, he would he'd be the player that would be on the cusp, and and if you went on Tyler's performances at Leeds, then maybe he would as well. But but in reality, you know, the top one hundred players just take the top best clubs in the world and take their lineups right 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 <laughs> and right. and none of our players are playing at the top 10 clubs in the world and and when they have been at the top 10 clubs in the world they're usually on the bench so it's not an indictment necessarily on where we are with this player pool it's more um what what kind of performances are we getting out of our best players I, obviously it's unfortunate that that we have some injuries and, and some injury problems um but you're, uh, you know, we we want our players to go to Europe. We want them to challenge themselves. We want them to be in over their heads. I think that one of the things about our players is they're so built to fight and run and do whatever they can to establish themselves in every training session and every game that sometimes they're a little overzealous and don't always manage themselves professionally so that they can get the best performances out of matches. Tyler Adams is a good example of that. Like when I was at Leipzig, Tyler Adams was by far the the hardest trainer or the player that would train the hardest every day. And there were some days where I would say to him, not that he needed to, to go easy, but he needed to calculate based on what was happening in the week and what were where he was, how what was best for him to get the maximum potential out of what he could deliver on match day. So there's a balance in there. You know, I mean, a big thing that you'll hear in Europe is that, yeah, that he doesn't train well. Right. But but that those players also the reason they're always in the lineup is because they perform on match day and they know how to manage themselves. Americans right now, they don't always have that liberty. 
right? They don't always have that that a bit that the the leeway within a team to say, yeah, I'm not going to train that hard today because I know I'm going to play on the on the on the weekend. So I don't think our players are soft. I actually would go the other way and say they're guys that are willing to put it all on the line every day in training, and sometimes that leads to them being being hurt. But you know. Obviously, we need them to be on the pitch. We need them to be at top form. We need them uh, at big clubs and playing in big matches. And this is the best way for our national team to make progress. I love that. I also will add that we probably have more Americans playing at bigger clubs around Europe than ever before. And and not just being bit players, but being significant contributors, which is a great sign of... of and, and, and in some ways, the perception of the American player has changed. That you could actually go and get one and they can be valuable to your team and it's not just to sell jerseys or whatever you're you're actually bringing them in because you think they can fit it in, in, I, I could i'll say this in the bundesliga the germans they love the american players they love them they know that when they come they're going to fight they're going to run they're going to do everything they can to push for the team and establish themselves so and let, that kind of feeds again when what i was saying is sometimes that mentality gets them into a little bit of trouble yeah that's interesting I, I, perspective. I would, jimmy I'd, I'd also add if, if you need another example outside of Christian Pulisic and Gio Reyna uh, during his best times at Dortmund, look at what Alfonso Davies has been able to do, coming straight from Vancouver Whitecaps to being arguably the best left back in the world. He's, he's by the way, he, got at Bayern Munich. he's number 96 out of 100 on this list, Alfonso Davies. So keep going, Chuck. Yeah, it's just an example of how Bundesliga clubs can come to mine MLS and go, we know we can, we can count on some of these youngsters if we harness that their ability and, and guide them the right way that they can be game changers in, in the Bundesliga. Yeah, the the bottom 10, I wanted I we kind of can probably guess the top 10, but the bottom 10 was where I was interested because I'm like, okay, where can an American maybe fit into this equation? 91 Antonio Rudiger plays for Real Madrid. Yeah, Riyad Mahrez, who's not too far removed from Manchester City after uh, going to Saudi Arabia. Granit Xhaka has had a renaissance at Bayer Leverkusen. Leverkusen, one of the best teams in Europe, and he's been fantastic for Xavi Alonso. Uh, Marcelo Brozovic played at Inter Milan, now plays in Saudi Arabia. Teo Hernandez, 95. Alfonso Davies, 96. Denzel Dumfries, 97. Ollie Watkins from Villa, 98. Warren Zaire Emery, the youngster from PSG, oh, 99. He's, he's fantastic. Then Marcus Taram is 100. And and I bet you he'd be like, dude, a hundred? I'm pretty good. And he's very good for Inter as well. So when you think about those names, Jesse, you think it kind of you can understand where it might be a little bit harder for our guys to pop in. Now, if Christian had been healthy and, and continued to play at a high level like he's playing right now at AC Milan for the whole 2023, then I think we're having a different conversation about where Pulisic fits where, in. Where's Rafael on that list? Let me look. But go ahead, Jesse. Uh, these are, these are pretty good players on this list, even at the bottom half. Yeah, I mean that again. That's why I say it, it's not it's not necessarily a knock against our players. These are when you're talking about the best players in the world, they're at a very high level, and and you know this is the biggest thing about the Premier League is when when you're standing on the sideline and you see the level of player and play at at, at these clubs and in this league it's it's not so easy to now start to just 
put Americans into those categories. They're pushing, and we're certainly proud of all the steps that we've made as a country. And guys like, you know, you could go back to John Harks, then you can go Brian McBride, then you go the the era of, of Clint Dempsey and Landon Donovan. You've got Claudia Reyna. You've got a lot of guys that have helped establish American players more and more to now get where are the numbers are the biggest they've ever been, the more players playing at bigger clubs. And we're moving, we're moving the needle, but it's going to take time. That's the reality. And, and as Americans, we're not satisfied with that. We never are. We don't want it to take time. We want what we want. We want it now. Well, Christian Pulisic's <laughs> teammate, Rafael Leao, is 30th on the list. And uh, we could argue that Christian's been better than Leao at some games this season. Also, we have an MLS player on this list. Number 10. Number 10 on the list, MLS player from Inter-Miami, Lionel Messi, is number 10. So shout out to MLS getting a representative on this very prestigious list. But yeah, it, it, it's interesting. And I think, if anything, I hope that it inspires or, or motivates our guys to continue to push. Not that they need any more extra motivation to do that. But uh, I don't know. I see Andre Onana on here at 62. And I'm like, ah, what? So, so there are a couple uh, question marks, but obviously tons and tons of talented players on this. All right, we're going to take our last break of Call It What You Want. When we come back... We're going to get into our 2024 predictions. We're going to get the crystal ball out and make some predictions. And because we're all smart and handsome, we're probably going to get all of them right. So don't go anywhere. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. And we are at the very end of Call It What You Want. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Davies and Jesse Marsh. And we're going to give you... Some of our predictions for 2024. We got five in total of these predictions. And the first one, I think, is a yeah, it's a bit of an easy one. A softball I'm throwing out to the guys. But who is going to win the CONCACAF Nations League? I'm going to go first to the U.S. Men's National Team. Jesse, what are you thinking? USA. Yes. Good choice. Charlie? USA. I mean, if anybody said Mexico, that'd be blasphemous. I don't know if we can be allowed to say that. You call me land. Well, I am in Mexico. I am in Mexico Mexico at Barracuda. Shout out to Barracuda. How much are you getting paid to say that? (laughs) Mi hermanos. All right. So that's that was an easy one. Slam dunk for us. Here's a fun one. Charlie, coming to you first. How many goals will Christian Pulisic end this final season or at the end of the season here in Serie A? He currently is on six. How many do you think he's going to end up with? Eleven. So he's got five more in his bag, even though he just yep. scored the winner going into the break. Yeah? Com- 11. Okay, confidence is a hell of a drug. Jesse, what do you got? 15. 15! Holy crap, I love that. That means he's getting a lot of minutes and he's staying healthy. That's a good... I said 12. I think he's just going to match that. So, so Charlie, I give you a hard time, but I'm closer to you than uh, than Jesse. Wow, I kind of want to go more towards... I'm an optimist. He's clearly drink, drinking optimist. the good he's, stuff. He's adapting. <laughs> he's adapting more and more. Christian's ready to he just needs to stay healthy. Stay healthy, Christian. Then he'll he'll, he'll All right, deliver. here's here's one to, to sink our teeth into. Copa America. How far will the US men's national team go? Jesse, you're on the hot seat first. What do you think? I think quarterfinal. Quarterfinal. I think I, I think they're likely to finish second. Behind Uruguay and face Brazil in the quarters. Yes. 
And yep. that's where the journey that's, ends. That's what I, yeah, that's a lot to unpack there. Listen, I got the semifinals because I hope that we win the group and avoid Brazil and then probably face somebody or Brazil. So you got to beat Colombia in the next game. Yeah, I got no problem. Yeah, I mean, you have to beat Colombia if, if you want to be considered a, a top, th- top three, top four team. Let, let me World go Cup, see how many so. Colombians are on the top 100 list. Luis Diaz, for sure. Yeah, Luis Diaz. You know what? We don't need to look at that right now. <laughs> yeah. I got us in the semis, baby. How about you, Chuck? Uh, I'm with Jesse Quarters. Quarters. So, yeah. so, so I'm going to extend this conversation a little bit. Is that enough for Greg Berhalter to continue on as the coach? And, and, and Jesse, if you want to exclude yourself from this, it's just me and Chuck talking. That's fine. Because I don't know. Maybe, maybe you'll be in line for the job if, if he gets let go. But, uh, but I, go I, could, I would say. If you finish second in the group to Uruguay and then you play Brazil and let's say you lose okay, on yeah. goal differential to Uruguay and that's why you finished second and then you played a hell of a game and let's say you lost an extra time, you lost in PKs to Brazil. The team played really well and it kind of gave you hope that, hey, this is a this is a step forward from the World Cup performance against the Netherlands. And you'd say, okay, I'm not, I'm not feeling some type of way. Now, if they get played off the park and blown out of the water, that's something different, right? So there, it's not necessarily if you lose in the quarters, you lose in the semis. It's how did they play throughout the tournament? Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm – that's, that's how I would for. face it. Yeah, and, and, yeah and, and obviously judged on the tactics. I thought in the Holland game, in the World Cup round of 16, it felt like a little naive. Uh, that we didn't solve the problems that the Dutch were presenting or what they were taking away. We didn't take advantage of what they were giving us. So I want to give Christian could have scored in the first, what, 10 he, minutes. He could have does, doesn't mean we're going to win that right. game. Even if we right, do score right. first. So, so, but, but I agree changes. with you. It does change things for sure. But I want to see an evolution, not only from the players, but from the coaching staff as well. And I think that needs to be taken into consideration. All right. Next one, next one, next one, next one. By the way, Luis Diaz is number 68 on the top 100. Is he the only Colombian? It's pretty good. I like <laughs> when he's healthy. Yeah, he's he's, he's the only Colombian, but sixty-eight. Awesome. That's strong. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty strong. All right, Olympics. How far will our U twenty-three team go? Jesse Marsh. What do you expect? We haven't been in the Olympics for the last two, so it's just nice to be back. But should we have expectations beyond that? I think they're out of the group. Okay. Um, better and, and then, the I mean, it, it, you know, it, this these things all depend on the draw. And, and so without going too much into the details, like uh, I would think that potentially they can compete in the first knockout round and then hopefully get out of that and then get into the next phase. So, um, but I, you know, it, the Olympic team is never really a team. It's kind of thrown together right before the tournament. It is great that we're back in it. Absolutely. We, we want our team in the Olympics. Um, but it's, you know, it's funny, like even when you're in Europe, the, the clubs do not uh, – European nations do not consider the Olympic competition an actual football <laughs> tournament. Yeah, so, um, yeah, think that, I mean, think I, that I think changes have... though, because this one is in Europe, in Paris, and it's not in some far-reaching no. part of the world. No, same, same. No. Well, the and best, Bappe wants to the best play under. So, I mean, they'll, the they'll best take under experience. twenty-three players are not playing in the Olympics. That's just the reality. Okay, now we have an opportunity to bring some overage players. Do you? Yeah. I mean. I remember when I was eligible to go with well, 2008. I think Bob elected to take Bob Bradley took uh, Parkers, Michael Parker. Well, I, listen, I wasn't playing well at the time, so I understood why he took Parker's. And I'm a big Parky fan because that guy reads the game unbelievably. But um, 
But yeah, yeah. so, so is, is there any overage players that stand out for you, Charlie? That, that yeah, I mean, uh, being a part of that 2008 team, and and typic, typically I think they're not teams. We had a team because a, a lot of us had played together for a long time, whether it was under 20s, under 18s. So we were a tight-knit group. We had been together for a while. It felt like from U20, U23, that time in between, there was a lot of camps. We put a lot of games together. Uh, Peter Novak uh, ended up being our coach for that. And we had a tough group. We had Japan, Netherlands, Nigeria. Nigeria went on to get the silver medal. Um, the Netherlands, we had them up 1-0 to the, the 90th minute, and they scored a free kick to, to, to tie it. So we beat Japan the first game 1-0. Sue Holden scored. Uh, Sasha scored against the Netherlands. We tied 1-1, and we lost to Nigeria 2-1 because uh, we had a player who, who got a red card in the first five minutes. So um, <laughs> either you way, names, I would say names, top, name, top names. Uh, in terms of guys, because you got to think about Copa America, which will be before the Olympics, uh, Darlington Nagby would be an He's, overage player that I would bring play. to this tournament. Listen to me before you say he doesn't <laughs> want to play. We're talking about an Olympics. You're not gone a long period of time because that would be the fear from uh, Darlington. How, how, how much time am I spending away from my family? Um, you're talking about a captain, a leader. Uh, the midfield may be a little thin and you're, you're, you're put planting him right in the middle as a captain. One of the th three overage players who are not going to be participating in Copa America. That would make sense to okay. me. Okay. And, and I'm going to throw that out there. I'm leaving that drop. All right. All right. All right. And we'll just leave it there. And anybody else that wants to chime in, they can. And thank you for listening and for all your support, Jesse, to get back to an earlier theme or a theme that kind of exists as we talk about player development, Anybody that I've talked to that represented the U.S. in the Olympics always came back saying that that changed their life in a positive way. They're playing games in high-pressure situations. They're representing their country. I don't see any negatives to that, whether Europe brings their, their best players or not. And, and, and I, I assume you're in agreement here, but obviously yeah. we have some... Yeah. We have some other competitions to to manage as a as a program. And, with and by the way, I was I was the last guy cut from the '96 ah, uh, Olympics. Sorry so. to bring up some, yeah, some old. But oh, and that was at home, right? That was the Atlanta. Yeah. That was the Atlanta. So sorry. it's okay. I don't mind. I don't. I probably you know I didn't. Bruce actually said to me, "You need to make the decision either to graduate from Princeton or go to the Olympics." I said, "Okay, my decision is." Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so um, yeah, you can't really you can't yeah, turn I, I, on a Princeton graduation. Yeah, I mean, I listen. I, I it wasn't like I was on the um, valedictorian <laughs> list, so I needed to do everything I could. To make sure. um, yeah, I, I, I remember watching the 2002 team in Australia, and Brad Friedel was the goalkeeper for that for that uh, that that Olympics, and and the way that team performed, I think. Yeah. Or 2000, sorry, you're right, 2000, good. And then, Charlie, your team in China, yeah, I remember watching that, and and I was uh, of interest because of Bob, but also because of Sasha and some different players that were playing there, and I thought you guys were fantastic. So, I mean, yes, of course, I think the Olympics is an important tournament for the development of the game in our country and for the young players. Like you're saying, Charlie, when you first came in the national team or Jimmy or whatever, the feeling of being part of the national team program, it builds confidence. And, and even, like, clubs in Europe don't always appreciate what the national team is because they just think it's taking their players away from them and the potential for injury and travel and, and everything else. But I know how much players grow from the feeling of being part of the national team. And that is massive for their overall development. So 
I, I love I love watching our team compete in the Olympics, and and I'm really thankful that we're actually back in it. It's ridiculous that whatever three times in a row we didn't qualify. It's it's uh, hey, Argentina, yeah. Argentina had Messi, Aguero, yeah, and Di Maria <laughs> on their on their squad. So it gives you an idea yeah. of how important some of these competitions can be. Yeah, it's a youth tournament, but in terms of like the foundation of what it means to represent your country at the Olympics and you're seeing all the world-class athletes, it's, it's incredible. And Ronaldinho was one of the three overage players for Brazil that tournament. So, um, Neymar. Yeah. I mean, wow. All right. So last prediction, MLS cup winner for 2024. I'm going to go first. And, uh, I actually sent this over to our producers before miles Robinson announced that he's going to FC Cincinnati, but I got FC Cincinnati supporter shields winner. I think they're going to learn from them kind of stumbling there to win MLS Cup as well. I think they're going to figure it out. And with Miles and the team, they got a really good chance. So I've got FC Cincinnati. I assume, Jesse, that you're going to go with Colorado Rapids because breaking news, they just signed Zach Steffen in goal. I don't know. Maybe maybe you'll go somewhere else. I don't know. Wow. Wow. Uh, I'm going with FC Cincinnati oh, as well. Oh, Listen, and Miazga, I, I think the uh, defender of the year in Miazga, now you add Miles Robinson, the foundation for that attacking team to have good defense good center backs great uh, one of the best goalkeepers in the league for me now they have all the makings of a champion um so pat noonan you've got all the oh, tools yeah. don't fail wow he just all the you tools up. you need my man set you up uh, wow. good luck pat because if you don't do it yeah. you're out you're gonna be pat, out. if you don't if you don't win now it's over all right all right um, so so reportedly by tom bogert from the athletic that Zach Steffen's going to sign with Colorado. We don't want to break news, but we're hearing. But Tom Boger is. He's is pretty on it. He's, he's on it. He's yeah, on it. He's on it. He's Charlie, on, he's MLS on Cup winner. What do you got? Yeah. All right. Oh, man. LAFC have two open DP spots and they just signed Hugo Lloris. Uh, Why they signed Hugo Lloris? Conversation for another would, podcast. Would you do that? Would you do sign, that? No. Would no. you do that? Wait. Sign Lloris. They don't have a goalkeeper. Why, why wouldn't you sign him? Why? I mean, it's, it's just Trepo the question left. is. is you have a 37-year-old goalkeeper who's going to come in on not a big salary. Why wouldn't you sign He's him? He's good with his feet, too, I guess, if that's how you want to play. Like, yeah. All right. Listen, I'm not doubting I'm not doubting Yoris's talent. Is he a DP? He's not a DP. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Stop yelling yeah, at us, Charlie. Yeah. Jeez. Hey, I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to put in context here. Um, yeah. Inter-Miami with Leo Messi healthy and Suarez, who knows what you're going to get out of him. Uh, Those guys are going to break down by July, but it's fine. Keep going. Keep going. Inter Miami. <laughs> Pato Martino. I'm going to go Inter Miami. All right. All right. I respect it. I also respect everybody listening and watching. Call they got to buy a back want. line. <laughs> they need to buy a lot of things, but they've got some pieces, obviously, that could lend itself to some success, multiple, multiple competitions. Who's going to win the Open Cup this year? I'm kind of curious to see who is going to try to go for that trophy as well. But I'm calling it. The show is over. So thank you for listening and watching. As always, make sure to follow Call It What You Want wherever you get your podcasts. And please take a few seconds to leave us a rating. We'd really appreciate it. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review as well. And then catch us on the CBS Sports Golasso Network because we rule. And we'll see you next week. Thanks. See you soon. Later. Hasta luego. Hasta luego. See Baseball has.
has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.